one of the most misunderstood concepts in religious circles is the actual definition of the word Christian. Some countries are considered Christian countries simply because Christianity is the belief system of most of its residents. But does living in a so-called Christian country actually make you a Christian? Many religious cults who knock on your door also call themselves Christians. Well, are they really? Does being a Christian mean that you belong to a certain church or follow certain religious practices? Or does it mean that you're a good, God-fearing, law-abiding citizen? No, my friend, it does not. The Bible definition of a Christian is not any of these things. It goes far deeper than that. On today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Gaius Goff takes up the subject, What is a Christian? Quoting three places in scripture where the term Christian is actually used. And you may be surprised at the scriptural answer to this question. At Anchor Point, we want you to seriously examine your life. Has there been a time in your life when you became a Christian? Because, my friend, that is all that really matters. I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to talk about this, and we're actually going to read about it in the Bible. Are, are you a Christian, really? I mean the genuine article Christian. You know what the word Christian means. It means one of Christ's, or one who belongs to Christ. It's not a, a subtitle for being an American, or it's not a subtitle under a denomination like I'm a Catholic Christian or a Baptist Christian or a Gospel Hall Christian or whatever Christian. No, no, it's not a subtitle. Christian means you are one of Christ. You belong to Christ. Are you a Christian in that way? I mean, there's no other way to ask the question, and there's no other way to answer it, only yes or no. And and so, you know, I was down here today, I was talking to some young guys, and a man pulled in the street, and he had a, on a bunch of these bumper stickers on the back end of his car, and one of them said, I'm an atheist and proud of it. And so I asked him a question that I, liked, I generally ask atheists when they tell me, that they're an atheist, I just said, hey, mister, what's it like to be an atheist? And he looked at me, and I, I said, does it make you feel good to be an atheist, or how's, how does that work anyhow? And he looked at me. I said, well, you got it on your bumper here. I said, must be some major piece of work. What's it feel like? Go on, he said, I'm busy. <laughs> well, I asked that to another man one time, and he was a genuine atheist, and or he didn't have a bumper sticker, but I went into his house, and I uh, had an invitation to gospel meetings like this, and, I, and he said, oh, I said, I don't need that, I'm an atheist. I said, is that right? What's it like to be an atheist? Well, he says, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I said, well, does it make you happy or sad or good or bad, or does it give you hope or hopeless? What's it like? I said, an atheist is just a person who doesn't believe in God. But I said, does that make you happy or sad? Well, he said, doesn't. Well, I said, you ask me what it's like to be a Christian. Oh, no, I said, I'm afraid of that. Because I'll tell you, I am a Christian. Haven't been all my life, but a good bit of it. And I'm enjoying it to the full. And I want you to know that. And I would love that if everybody knew that. Because to me, to be a Christian is probably the most important thing going on in my life at this moment. And I love my wife We've been married for nearly 42 years. I've got grandchildren, children and grandchildren. I love them all, but the one that's key, my wife and I have that in common too. 
she's a Christian. And if you want to talk to her about it, she's back there at the back. You talk to her after the meeting and say, what's it like to be a Christian? And she'll tell you. We actually happened to get saved the same year. Only she was on the east coast of Canada and I was on the west coast of the United States. God makes people Christians in all different parts of the world. So really, are you a Christian? Now I'm talking genuine article Christian. Read with me just the three places in the Bible where it's talked about. And this is in Acts 11 and verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So you say, well, what's a disciple then? A disciple is a person who learns and follows Christ. So if we look into the past, everybody here who's a Christian can look back to a time when they met Christ and started to follow him. Has that happened to you? Okay, turn to the next place where we read about it in chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. And uh, we'll read here at verse 27. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. So as a Christian looks into the past, that's when they became a disciple. That's when they came to know the Lord Jesus as their own Savior. They looked into the past in the first reading, and they started to follow him on this narrow road. Has that happened to you? Okay, now if a person's a Christian and they're looking at themselves in the present. A Christian, he's talking about being persuaded to be a Christian. So a Christian is one who knows they're a Christian. And in the present, a Christian is one who shows that they're a Christian. You can't, you can't hide it. You can't fake it. You can't counterfeit it. Oh, I mean, there's lots that try. But the genuine article Christian is not a fake. It shows. We're going to talk about that. We'll read the last place it's mentioned in the Bible over in the book of First Peter. That's near the back of your Bible. And it's in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 15. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. So stay away from all that. Yet... If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So a Christian, as he looks into the future, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know that we're on an upward path. So a Christian is one who knows, and a Christian is one who grows, shows, and a Christian is one who grows. So we've got to start back at the beginning. Going back now in your life, look into the past. Now, I'm 67 years old, and so I've got most of my history already done. I'm down around towards the end of the chapters of the last part of my life. But as I look into the past of all them, and there's been some major events happen in my life. I mean, some powerful and wonderful things as well as some tough things. But as I look into the past, I always, and I hope I never lose my mind that I forget, that on the 12th of February, 1952, in the back room of a veterans building out in Hillsboro, Oregon, the county seat, at between half past nine and 10 o'clock at night, 
I became a Christian. I was born again. I accepted Christ. And I understood that through a simple illustration that's in the Bible of an Old Testament story when they had to put blood on the two sides and over the top of the door, evidence that an innocent victim or substitute had died for the oldest in that home. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Not when I see you, I will pass over you. But when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And that's where a person begins as a Christian. They understand that Christ paid the price of my sin with his life. You see, there's lots of people will, as we ask that question, uh, some people will say something like this, well, I'm doing my best. But the Bible says all our good things are like filthy rags. So if you're one of those that are doing your best, that's not good enough. It's just like filthy rags. And there's others say, well, I, and I talked to a man like this yesterday, and he said, well, I, you know, I'm not good, but I'm not as bad as a lot of other people. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then another person will say, well, I'm trying to be a Christian. I'm kind to my neighbors and I'm leading a good life. But trying is not trusting Christ. Trying is depending on yourself. And then there's other people will say something like this. Isn't it good enough that I'm sincere? I mean, really. But you can be sincerely mistaken. And then there's other people and they'll say, well, I've always been religious. I mean, I've been christened and or confirmed or, or dipped or whatever way it happens in your church. And they have those things and they say, well, I, I, I've been religious. And sometimes that's the worst thing that can happen. Because a lot of people will depend on religion when they won't depend on Christ. Anybody like that? And then there's other people and they'll say, well, my grandfather was a minister and my father was a, a, a church-going person and, and we, we went to church. But salvation isn't in families. And then there's other people who will say, well, you know, we can't really... One man told me something like this. He said, I think you're about the most arrogant man I ever met. And I said, whoa. I said, what? He said, you say that you know you have eternal life. He said, how arrogant can a person be? Well, I said, that would be if I was just wishing it. But I said, let me read it to you in the Bible. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He said, well, I got a different Bible than yours. Mine's a Catholic. I said, well, look, bring your Catholic Bible. And we read it there. And it was said, is not the word condemnation is changed to judgment. Same thing. Boy, I said, well, hold on, let me use your Bible. And we started in the Gospel of John and went through a lot of different... Man, he said, it's in there everywhere. That's right. When a person has accepted Christ, God gives them everlasting life or eternal life. His kind of life because they have come to Christ. And so it's not a matter of whether your grandfather or was a preacher or whether God doesn't bring out a big scale up in the sky somewhere after we die and put our good deeds on the one side and our bad deeds on the other to try and determine whether we're going to end heaven or not. That's not the way it works. The Bible lets us know that we're already weighed in the balances and found wanting. The Bible lets us know that there's none good, no, not one. And so we would all be hopelessly lost if God stuck a scale up in the sky to try and see which one was the most important. By the way, which crime do you think is worse? Robbing a bank or cheating on your husband? 
Or, or which one do you think is worse? Telling a lie or shooting a man? Well, you say, well, well, yeah, right. How are we going to tell it? The Bible lets us know that God is no respecter of persons. And the Bible lets us know that no matter who we are, we have all sinned and come short of God's glory. We can't make it on our own. We must have a substitute, a Savior. And then there's others say, well, I, I've got as good a chance as anybody. Well, then you've just written your own death warrant because nobody has a chance on their own. And then I talked to a man since I've been here, and he said, well, he said, I guess I better start to clean up my act and see can I start getting right with God. No, so what are you going to clean up? Well, he said, you know, I cuss. And I drink a drop, and he went over a few things. I said, so supposing you stop cussing today. You never drank another drop of hard liquor. What about the past? And I said, supposing you say, well, I'm going to be faithful to the person that I'm living with. Now, how about all the others you cheated with? See, this doesn't work. We've got to go back to the beginning. And when a person is a Christian, as they look into the past, they, they all, every Christian honest. Genuine article Christian will recognize that I came to a place in my life when I realized that before God, I was a sinner. And I could identify with a man in the Bible who wouldn't so much as lift up his eyes, but just said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's all he had to recommend him to God was the fact that he admitted that he was a sinner. And God looks at that man now. He said, there's a man I can clear of guilt. You ever got to that place where you've been honest enough to God to say, I'm the sinner? Never mind comparing with others. And it's this rightness, sense of rightness and wrongness is one thing, but when a person looks back to when they became a Christian, the biggest thing in our life, we had to get rid of that problem. See, when a person comes to Christ as a Christian, we realize that everything else has to take second place. God's not going to play second fiddle in the band. It's Christ first. And nobody ever becomes a Christian who didn't make this the most important thing in their life. Now, is anybody prepared to do that? To draw a line between yourself and your friends and the world and stay on your own side and say, oh, it's Christ for me. Because that's where you start. And if you've never been there, you're not a Christian. Did I say that plain enough? I can run it by again. Because if a person has never bowed to the claims of Christ and never submitted themselves and come as an honest sinner to Jesus, if a person has never done that, that person is not a Christian. And I'm trying to say that with love. But I couldn't think of anything more terrible to ever put on a preacher when he stands before God than to hear God say to him, you didn't tell the people the truth. You wanted to be everybody's friend. And you didn't warn them. So I'm trying to say it as clearly as I can. If you can't look back and look to a place when you accepted Christ as your Savior, then I would urge you tonight is the time. Because a Christian is one who knows they're a Christian. And they don't know it because they're trying to compare themselves with somebody else. But they've got a written guarantee. That's why these things are on the walls here. There's some good guarantees on that wall. 
But listen to this one. As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name, or the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Again, listen to this. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And of course, everybody knows John 3.16. And these things are written, the Bible says, that you might know that you have eternal life. And so a Christian looks back, and as far as I'm concerned, it's as clear, as indelibly impressed on my mind tonight as it was 54 years ago. I'm a Christian. Not because my parents were. Not because I belonged to a Christian church or went to a Christian church. And not because I never cussed or drank or smoked. Or not because we were brought up upright and, and, and righteous people in our life. Because, you know, if I, 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 I gotta be careful. But as far as I know, there hasn't been a time when I ever was able or ever did or ever wanted to take the Lord's name in vain. And if I'd tried it in our home, I'm sure mother would have had a good, she used to use sunlight soap. The young ones don't remember what that's like, but that's pretty bitter stuff. And my father used a little other machine on the other end to make sure that we didn't do things that were that way. But that didn't make me a Christian. But when I came as a lost sinner, and I cried, I really did. And honestly, I could care less what anybody thought. But when I came as a sinner to Christ, and for the first time understood, God looks at Christ and his death on the cross and in the blood of Christ, and he'll pass over me if I'm looking at him too. And that night for the first time, I saw salvation is in a person, not in a story that I'd tell to my parents or that I have to tell to grandpa or grandma or somebody else, but it's in a person that I've come to know. Because Jesus is God's salvation. And God gives salvation. And when a person becomes a Christian, this is the key. You love the Lord. You love him. Paul said it like this, I know whom I believed. And he said, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we love him because he first loved us. There's a man I met one time a number of years ago. came over from Italy. As a young man, after the First World War, him and his brother immigrated to Canada. But they fell in love with the same girl. Now that makes it pretty tough. So they decided to deal with it the old-fashioned way. Back to back, out in a field outside of town early in one morning, each with a gun, turned and he killed his brother. And of course he was taken to jail and got a major sentence in penitentiary and was there for years, became a bitter man. And a lady came in one time with Bibles, and he mocked her and cursed on her and everything, but she came back week after week, every week. She'd come back. She said, now, son, you need this book. You need this. And finally, to get her off his back, took the Bible, and he threw it over in the corner. But he was not in a prison where they they didn't have television and all the things they have now. So he was got to the place he, he started to read the Bible. And he got to the death of Christ, the whole story of Christ dying on the cross. And he, thinking back to his childhood religion in Italy, and he thinks, that's what it was. Christ died for the ungodly. He got saved. 
But there was such a change that after a few years, they saw the reality of him when he came up for parole. They granted him a parole after about 15 or 18 years in prison. And he used to gather with Christians in a place just like this. And I was there one time, and he was an old man when I was there, but on a Sunday morning, they had the communion, bread in the cup, right on the table, right in the middle. He got up, and he said, let us sing. And he started to quote it. It was a for me. Yes, all for me. And he said, but when we get to this place, was it for me? He bowed his head upon the cross and freely shed his precious blood. It was for me. And he had another one that he would give out. It was for crimes that I have done. He groaned upon the tree. Even when he was a man in his 80s, with a beautiful smile on his face and tears coming over his eyes, worshiped the Lord because he had become a real Christian. So a Christian is one who knows. And if a Christian is a genuine Christian, they're going to show it. I mean, you can't help it if you've got something that's valuable. You can't help it. That person has found peace. I was really, I was holding the hand of a man yesterday as we prayed. He's lying in a bed, and I'm holding his hand. And I asked him, could I pray? He said, oh, please do. And so I'm holding his hand. And I mentioned his name, and he clenched my hand as tight. I think probably is the first time it ever happened in his life. And I said, God, this man does not have peace. And this man is not ready to go to heaven. Please, help him understand what it really means to be a Christian. And that's all prayer I made. And I opened my eyes, and he's there crying like a baby, lying on the bed. And he couldn't talk to me. He just held my hand. He's not a Christian. But if I was talking to some people like I know, oh, it's a wonderful thing to be in the presence of a Christian who knows that when they leave this life, it's absent from the body and present with the Lord. Are you a Christian? Well, what are you going to say to God when you stand before him and you know you're not a Christian? And I would like to urge you here tonight that if you are not a Christian and want some help in finding out how to be one, then set your pride aside. Just stay where you are. There's people here that will sit with you and open the Bible and, and lead you by the verses of Scripture to understand where you are and what Christ has done, and how you can become a Christian. Yes, my friend, knowing whether or not you're a genuine, true Christian is the most important issue of your entire life. Have you ever put the salvation of your soul as your top priority? Have you understood your need of a Savior? Have you trusted in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ on your behalf on Calvary? Please, my friend, don't put off this important question any longer. Make sure that you are truly a Christian today, one that God recognizes as his very own. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at info at anchorpointradio.org. We'd love to hear from you. 
We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by the Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies hold gospel services every Sunday evening, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.org. There you will find more information as well as locations, programs, and meeting schedules for the gospel hall nearest you. Also, feel free to look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.org where you can join us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor. Anchor.